Sides Podcast. My name is Tyler Publitz, and welcome back to the second Sunday of Christmas for the week of January 3rd, 2021, and I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to dig in this week's podcast, and Happy New Year. Wow, is it crazy. 2020 was a little bit of a crazy year, I think, in many ways, but I'm really excited for this upcoming year as I kind of announced and sent out a random email here right before the new year started. This is the beginning of year four, and I'm really excited. There's big plans that I have. There's things now where it's like it's time to bring this a little bit and make this a little bit more full featured. As you notice, probably that there is a different email. I've been now deciding to send this out kind of in its own faith and science email, and there'll be plenty of additional updates that we'll start seeing in the future here. This is something that we're hoping to build some momentum and continue on bringing this to you, but now just in a little bit different way. So I'm really excited for what 2021 has to have for us. And I think this is a kind of a fun and interesting text to kind of get going into as we enter into this new year. Plus, we also get the benefit this year of having a second Sunday of Christmas. Not every year we do. It kind of depends on where Christmas falls. And I just really am enjoying here having the second time of really acknowledging and thinking about and spending time with Christmas. It's a season that we build up to, and it's a very important holiday. And I really do enjoy kind of being able to dwell with this a little bit more and continue to bring Christmas out the full 12 days. To me, that's something that's I don't think we get to do enough. And it's something that's really fun and important and really gets us to acknowledge that this is probably within the top three, I would say maybe the second biggest holiday within the church to Easter. And so let's dwell with it. Let's spend some time with it. But before we jump into the text for this week, we have to do our Twitter question from last week, which was a twofold question. Where in your life are you making significant impact? And in your own life, how are you bringing life into your ecosystem? And I think those are kind of a hand-in-hand question. Significant impact within our own lives, I think that's something that consistently needs to be asked to ourselves because no one's going to ask it for you and you have to be able to answer it yourself. There's a lot of times within my own life as I look back and even when I was starting the podcast, part of the initial point within me and it was something that I really enjoyed with the podcast was it gave me something that I felt like I was making impact in the world and especially when I started and I was unemployed, that was something that was really important to me. It was one of the few things every week that I felt like I could contribute to society, to the world. And in this, I think also it then leads into how are you bringing life into your ecosystem? How are you bringing joy and energy and continuing to have so that other people can continue to bring that impact to others? And that's a hard question to fully quantify, but I think it's something that We have to look at within our own lives, how do we bring life into others so that they can continue to contribute? And again, us being the body of Christ, then what does that look like moving forward and being the true body? And essentially, we're just working out all the different muscles in all the different people to be able to be the best body we can possibly be. 
So let's just jump right into it. The gospel text this week is out of John chapter 1, optionally verses 1 to 9, and then 10 to 18. It's essentially the optional section is the intro discord into John. I think it's beautifully written, kind of a fun, different style of looking at it. The word was with God and the word was God and kind of bringing this around to the light shines in the darkness and the darkness would not overcome it, this idea. And it's kind of this different birthing story. But I feel like the main meat and potatoes is definitely the 10 to 18 that the world did not know him and that he was coming to be and give power to the children of God. But I think the verse for me that I'm going to end up spending some time focusing on is the word from verse 14, and the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. And then it continues that John is there to testify to this truth. The fullness we have all received is grace upon grace, which is the only time that grace is really brought up in John's gospel. And this is kind of continuing and bringing us back to the promises that we have had from Moses and that the gospel of John is trying to bring us closer to the Father's heart and to better understand who our Father is. The first reading is out of Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 7 to 14. Before we dive into this, you have to have a little bit of the backstory of what has been going on in Jeremiah at this point. He has been warning that the tribes of Israel, Israel needs to repent of their sins. They need to turn back to God, and they don't. And so now Israel is in exile. They are separated. They are moving around. And this is one of the few sections where Jeremiah actually just gets to give hope. And that this is a reading acknowledging that God is still listening. God is still there. God is still around them trying to work with them. He's hearing the pain and the trying to work with them to find this consolation. And then we get even in the second half of this, coming probably from 10 to 14, that he's hearing this word and just know that God is going to turn this around, that things will get better. There will be dancing. There will be times to be merry again, even though right now it's really painful. And it's a really easy text in a lot of ways to kind of tie back to what we've been going through through 2020 and into 2021 here of this has been a hard year and it's a very easy for us to lose sight of when is this going to end and the reminder that there is hope and things will get better again. The psalm this week is Psalm 147 verses 12 to 20. Praise psalm this week for sure, acknowledging the power of God. And I would even argue it's God's way on God's time and not ours. I love, especially with being in the North here, acknowledging that he can melt the cold, but he also brings the cold and he causes the rivers to run. That This is all on God's time and not on our time. So acknowledging the gifts that God is giving us here. The second reading this week is from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 to 14. We have here this text where we're getting a little bit of the intro discord kind of 
being discussed here. You can kind of get a little bit of that flavor starting in verse 3. But it's then talking about and reminding us of the gifts that we have been given. The gifts that we have freely given because of our acceptance of Christ. We're adopted children of Christ and that he wants to be lavish in that through the redemption power of what he's done. He wants to give us this grace that's just lavishing upon us. And we haven't obtained an inheritance of what Christ has given to us and that there's wisdom that comes in that. He just keeps listing off these different things, but it's understanding that all of this is coming through the acknowledgement of Christ and the power of Christ and then recognizing that this is the promised Holy Spirit now working within us. And that's no longer us that is doing this, but it's the Holy Spirit working within us that is allowing us to find the gifts that we have and allowing us to then, again, become a better body like we've talked about and the adoption of us as children to be together under one body of Christ. So before we jump into how faith and science come together, we have to do our shameless plug for Working Preacher. If you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it. Between their Sermon Brainwaves podcast, their commentaries, their discussions, they help me on a weekly basis be able to bring this to you. I love listening to Working Preacher, having four different seminary professors from Luther's seminary. And along with that, there's multiple different commentaries from multiple different biblical scholars from all over the world. And there's other discussions there. This is just a great resource. And especially since I'm not an ordained minister, I haven't even gone to seminary. This has been really a useful tool to be able to help give me some perspective on where our pastors and people who study this stuff even more than I do looking at this and allowing me to start thinking about it from a scientific context. So if you haven't checked out workingpreacher.org, I'd highly, highly recommend it. Make it your New Year's resolution. Okay, this is a lot of ways a really fun text because in a lot of ways the doors are open because John isn't giving us a birth story. There isn't this necessarily solidified story. This is very open-ended, a lot of room for interpretation, which is nice, especially when you're looking at it from a scientific perspective. But what I really enjoy this week, like I talked about, is the verse 14. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. This, I think, is really important within our own faith life, understanding that when the word became flesh, when the word became human, it gives a different meaning to it. I listened to a sermon that was going through this on Christmas Day, and Pastor Corey Furman did a great job of referencing how when we're in this time that we've gone through with COVID, the things we're missing is human interaction. We're having still, quote, face-to-face conversations via Zoom, but it's not the same. Even when we're writing things down, there's tone and intonation that we're missing, you know, and when you're on the phone with somebody, there's the whole facial connection that we're missing. 
the best type of communication is face-to-face. And here we have the word becoming that. And part of that is because when we are face-to-face, we are able to see through BS. We are able to see when someone is saying that, yeah, I'm okay, but when you really look into their eyes and look into their face, you know it's not okay and I just don't want to talk about it and I need a shoulder to cry on type of thing. And when we look at this last year in a lot of ways, that's the big thing that we're missing the most. What I like about that and thinking about it in that perspective is this is not that much different than science in a lot of ways. We've talked about a lot in 2020 about observation and being keen and thinking about that and thinking about some of the scientific method. And I feel like this verse in particular kind of tells that story. When you think about a scientist and when they're trying to figure something out, at some point we have to come up with a hypothesis, a theory, an understanding, a guess of what we think is going on. And in doing that, then we want to run a test. That's the only way you get a scientific paper published. You don't just publish on theory. There are certain fields who get to do that a little bit more, but they have to still do some type of work to back up that theory on why they think that this is going on. That's why Einstein's theory of relativity, when that got published, and then how we've been slowly able to show in different ways that, yes, his theory is correct, that's when the word is becoming flesh. That is when the theory is getting legs to be able to start becoming toward a scientific law. We like talking in as close to 100% as we possibly can. We like having this solidified thing that, yes, we know this with 99.9% confidence. Okay, that's enough for me. I can say this with 95% confidence. Good enough for me. We like speaking that way. We like being able to have evidence to show, like, we have run multiple tests on this, and this isn't just a theory. This is now has support behind it. This is starting to get some legs behind it. We like that. Here is what John is saying about the scripture text. The scripture is saying this is not just the oral word being passed down. This isn't just the written word being passed down. This became flesh. This became human. This became to the point where you could talk face to face with the son of God. It became real. It became solidified as now we can say, yeah, I I know that guy. I know that person. We can recognize that. The thing with this too that I thought is really, really unique this week is when you start then going through these other readings, it walks you through a lot of the processes that you go through with doing science. Jeremiah is trying to give hope to the tribes of Israel after having gone through this terrible thing where the tribes are being exiled. He's providing hope. This is not that much different than when a scientific experiment goes drastically in a way you didn't expect. Or that it starts getting where you're going down the rabbit hole and then realize to really understand fully what's going on, we're going to need more expensive equipment and maybe we don't have the budget to do that. 
that that you okay here's the data that we have it's still incomplete we gives us some perspective but what did it do it still allowed us to learn we still have gained something we still have learned something we still have new concepts and at least can say well to this point we know this happens and that's where when we're looking at jeremiah and trying to provide that hope the hope in science is even just we at least learned this much and now we have ideas and it allows us to dream and give hypothesis on what's going on next. And maybe in the future we can get there, but at this point we can only go this far. Or that, you know, we didn't get anything like the result we were expecting, but we at least learned this. It's a very, very important in science. The psalm is this psalm of recognizing God's power, recognizing God's beauty, and understanding that we are not in control at all. To put that in a scientific perspective and keeping hold of that faith, it's one that we are in a body, in a place where God has the desire for us to learn more about him. That's huge to begin with. What makes us worthy enough And it's through the blood of Jesus Christ and the acceptance of Christ that we are in this place to be able to learn about our creator and his creation, first and foremost. And with doing that, then understanding that when we're understanding stuff, to really put it into a really hard place for our minds mentally It's not if our brains can allow us to process and understand the information. It's if God allows our brains to process the information. I think about this from experiments from, look at a year ago. If we were told that we would be doing major parts of work online, major sections of people working at home, major schools having at least portions, if not major parts of the year online, if you had said that to yourself January 3rd, 2020, what would they have said? They would have had trouble processing. Why did this change? You're nuts. We weren't ready for that type of information drop. There is a point where as we learn and praise God for his creation, there's a point too that there's a, okay, they are ready for this. Just like a child growing, that there's steps that we take that now they can understand this part of this. Finally, in the Ephesians reading, we have gifts that come from God. Finding those gifts and finding the gifts of God. That's huge. That in and of itself is worthy of praise. The understanding that with doing science, with doing these things, we find what some of our natural gifts are. Hence hence why we have a team of scientists, because there's specialists within that or having multiple minds coming together to help understand this. We're understanding the gifts of God. We're understanding the gifts of each other, right? And the adoption that gets brought up here, specifically in verse 5, that we're adopted into the family and the body of Christ. This idea that we're also, as you do science, as you do the work and publish papers, and it gets peer-reviewed as more people are at okay, let's run this, and adopting this idea, this adopting of we are coming to a consensus that this is the way that it is. 
that's adoption within the scientific community. I found an article that was written about five years ago, and it's recognizing that at that point, it had been 20 years since Dolly the sheep, the first 100% cloned sheep, has been alive or was alive, has since passed away. So now it's been 25 years. And I love how this article begins. 20 years after Dolly the sheep led the way, where is cloning now? Cloning has had a bigger impact on science, a smaller one on human life than many expected. This exemplifies exactly what we're talking about. And what they go into is the worry was that, okay, if we can clone animals, what's stopping us from cloning a human? And when you read through this article, they talk about right now, there isn't this huge desire to clone a human. The reason being is what's the point? We probably could. We don't know what the ramifications of it would be, but there isn't really a point to do it. What it has led to is cloning of cells to be able to help better understand how cells are working and to be able to look for medicine and different vaccines and things of that nature through cloning and are able to accelerate processes that way. Also that we are able to clone animals within some extent, not only for like house pets, because some people like having similar pet to what they had, but Mostly for food production is a big one that we're able to do that, at least here in the United States, showing that through the FDA, there really isn't a significant difference. So there is some advantages and stuff of that. And again, in the show notes, those that article will be attached. When looking at this and thinking about this, the word becoming flesh, the theory becoming something more than just an idea that there was evidence to start providing confidence that we can say some of these answers is exactly what science is about and exactly in a lot of ways what faith is about. John is writing this to people after. This is the latest gospel that we have. And he's seeing how people are losing the faith. And so he needs to, here is the evidence. Here is the proof of what happened. Here are the accounts as we're losing some of those first-person accounts as John is writing this. That's the core of what science is about. And it's kind of fun to be starting the new year on a text like this and talking about the fundamental parts of what science is about. Not just throwing out ideas. It's then let's put in the work and find out what actually is going on. Let's put this to the test. And after we do, we'll have other people run the test and see if we get similar results and we continue to learn about things. This is faith in action. Here is John trying to be another account saying, here is more evidence, more things to consider. When I'm thinking about the Twitter question to start this new year off with, I think I want to start it this way. How are you going to challenge your faith to grow in understanding this year? How are you going to challenge your faith to grow in understanding this year? How are you going to put out hypothesis that is going to force you to dive deeper and grow more this year? 
that's where we should be going every year with our faith. As this season that we always get of New Year's resolutions, this should be our resolution every year. Better understand who our creator is. It's the understanding of what science at its core is all about. Let's dive deeper. Let's go deeper. Let's figure more things out. Let's get to the heart of this issue. And when we get to the heart of that issue, we realize that there is a long way to go. There's more questions to be had. There's more understanding to be had. Our relationship should be the exact same way. John opens up the door to challenge us to do that this week. And I'm so excited about that to start this new year. What a great way. What a great thing to be thinking about at Christmas. I love this text. So exciting. So exciting. Recognizing the praise that we should be giving God and how in a lot of ways we're out of control. It's in God's control of when we will be able to fully glimpse the understanding, the prayers and conversations that we'll be having with God, understanding at times that things are going to turn for the worse and things are going to be unexpected, and yet we still learned, we still grew, we still were trying to understand that's worth something. And that in doing that, we're welcoming each other into a bigger family of faith and love with each other through the adoption of not only scientific ideas as we dive into those, but in our faith, we're welcomed into this adoption of brothers and sisters in Christ. And that doing these, we find gifts in each other and we find the gifts of God. I really pray that all of us, as we continue on this venture of moving forward that in 2021 we continue to search and find the gifts of God and the gifts that God has given us. And if we know what some of those are, that he continues to reveal new things about them to us as we go further into this year. I know I'm excited to dig into these faith and science conversations with you this year and I'm excited to see where 2021 leads us. So, we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.